0: Welcome to Eurodollar University with Jeff Snyder, the head of global research for Alhambra Partners. My name is Emil Kalinowski. And today, Jeff, you are going to call it. What are you going to call? What are you going to make official?
1: Well, I've always kind of admired and uh, sort of been jealous of the National Bureau of Economic Research, which isn't really a national bureau so much as a private trade association, but commonly known as the NBER. This is a group of economists, academic economists who get together and for reasons that aren't really very clear, other than the fact nobody else did it, they get to decide what is and is not a recession. When a recession begins and when it ends and when we're into recovery, I always thought, man, that would be a cool job, wouldn't it? Having that authority, that sort of ability to say the economy is in recession. So because I'm jealous of the NBER, I convened. The uh, what we're loosely calling the Monetary Cycle Dating Committee to sort of date not our, our own equivalent of cycles in the global economy, which are these Eurodollar cycles, which we denote by these numbers, Eurodollar number one, number two, number three, number four. And given all the data, especially recent data, the Monetary Cycle Dating Committee has decided that, yes, we are indeed within Eurodollar number five as we currently speak. So taking a page out of the NBER's playbook, who always dates a recession about a year after it happens, we're going to
0: date Eurodollar number five to last May. The NBER may be a idiosyncratic American institution. I know when I was researching recessions in other countries, I had a very difficult time in determining whether or not it was a recession. I remember the, the early 1990s in France, for example, I wanted to know, was there a recession at that point? And as far as I could tell, there was no official committee in France or many other countries. So, all right. Well, thank you very much, NBER, Jeff. This is Eurodollar number five. Very quickly, what and when were one, two, three, and four?
1: Well, going back in time, number one, I think most people remember then what's more commonly known as the global financial crisis or Great Financial Crisis, the 2008 crisis which people still today mistakenly believe was about subprime mortgages, when in fact it was, in our own vernacular, Eurodollar number one. Number one simply meaning the first eruption of global dollar shortage in the Eurodollar system for various reasons that went beyond, like for example, 1997 and 98, which was the Asian financial crisis, which is more of a limited regional dollar shortage. So Eurodollar number one, Begun really in August 7th of 2007 or August 9th 2007 excuse me that was euro dollar number 1 the first eruption of a global dollar shortage uh, the second one near and dear to your heart Emil was the quote unquote European sovereign debt crisis which like subprime mortgages in the US before played a central role in creating that crisis but it wasn't really about you know Portuguese and Irish sovereign debt so much as it was how those things had a, a further impact across the entire global monetary system. So Eurodollar number two began sometime in 2011 and lasted through to 2012, created a recession outright in Europe, caused uh, the Chinese economy to suffer its uh, its long-run decline that it's currently trying to deal with. The U.S. very nearly fell into recession by early 2013. So that was Eurodollar number two. Fast forward a couple more years to 20, 2014, 2015, and euro dollar number three. Again, same sort of symptoms. We talked about collateral days before, falling bond yields, flattening curves, all the financial indications, all the telltale tell, tell, tell signs of a euro dollar cycle, the wrong end of the euro dollar cycle uh, in 2014 and 2015. Again, Chinese economy, emerging markets fell into absolute outright depression, the United States suffered what was nearly a recession again by 2016, while Europe largely stayed free from the economic consequences, but did suffer some of the financial problems too. Fast forward again, another cycle, we get you know 2017, globally synchronized growth, inflation, everything's great. But right away in 2018, all sorts of the same now very familiar euro dollar telltale signs of the global dollar shortage number four especially in April and May of 2018. We got the dollar starting to rise. We got collateral problems again, flattening curves, all the same familiar stuff. So euro dollar number four, the fourth global eruption of dollar shortage, as well as the economic consequences from it beginning in 2018. We don't really know how that would have worked out because by the end of 2019, there was very likely recession in the US, very likely recession. In fact, there was recession in Europe, a mild one in Europe. Japan had suffered almost two of them by that point, but we don't know ultimately how it would have worked out because along comes COVID and everybody forgets about Eurodollar number four as it got swept up into the pandemic. So Eurodollar number five is 2021-2022's version of the same repeating processes where we see the same exact types of financial and economic indications, which are, again, Flattening curves, collateral indications, shortages, rising dollar, as we're going to talk about here, all of those things pointing in the direction of a fifth globalized, generalized uh, outbreak of monetary disease, Not, not pandemic, but monetary disease in the global
0: system. When you began listing all of those, you called it at first a global dollar shortage. But of course, it's shorthand dollar shortage. What we're referring to is what you just said at the end a monetary disease a lack of credit a lack of collateral a lack of tools economic tools that we call money to encourage transactions economic activity now the nber has several four measures that they look at each time to determine whether or not there's a recession one of them we recently discussed if i remember correctly real personal income now we also have several measures you've mentioned some of them right now, while you are listing those previous eruptions of credit shortage. And the one we're going to discuss, at least top of mind, is the dollar, the US dollar. That, I think, is the one that may have convinced you to call it. And I've pulled up my little handy financial website here that identifies what is happening in currency markets. And Jeff, Sometimes they put the dollar first and then the other currency. And then other times they put the other currency, like the euro and then the U.S. dollar second, you know, and how they measure these things. But it's so handy this time. All the currencies that have a foreign currency first, they're all red arrows. They're all losing value. And all the currencies that said U.S. dollar versus the Brazilian real or the ruble or whatnot, All green. I have never seen a clean sweep across every currency. I'm sure there's one where that's not the case at this particular moment. It is. So Jeff, everyone's talking about it. The yen has been canceled. (laughs) The euro has been abandoned. There's a financial apocalypse happening out there. Not really, but it's quite striking when you look at the DXY, perhaps the most uh, famous used measure of the US dollar. Everyone's talking about it. Straight up, everything else going down strongly. What's happening?
1: Yeah, and I think that was part of the problem that we had dating this as euro dollar number five. U.S. dollars exchange value is not a one-to-one thing. It's not a definitive measure of what's going on. But it's a very powerful indication that, hey, as you just pointed out, if everything is moving in one direction, you need to pay attention to that. And So up until just recently, going back to, again, our collateral days earlier in the year. There was a more of a variety around uh, amongst even the US dollar exchange value. For example, some of the commodity currencies like the Australian dollar kind of held in there. The Brazilian real you know, just recently uh, moved to a multi year high. So it wasn't as if the US dollar was wrecking everybody. And, and you know, the, the dollar index that uh, most people pay attention to, DXY, as we've talked about many times, that's a heavy, heavy uh, proportion to the euro, which Sometimes that's misleading, sometimes it's not. So DXY is an indication, but you know you have to look underneath the hood too. The Japanese yen is a pretty important one that we talked about yesterday on our Twitter spaces. And I did a chart uh, showing how the Japanese yen almost matches perfectly repo fails, believe it or not, which longtime uh, fans of our show will, will obviously believe it pretty easily, having seen the the basis behind it. But the overall point is that the, over the last couple of months, ever since things really started to break around that seasonal low point in March, it, it's become far more unified. Uh, U.S. dollar exchange value going higher against almost every currency, including some of the more important ones, which is sort of a, a very compelling reason to say, yes, this must be euro dollar number five. We've got all the other stuff that we've been talking about you know, for months but here we have the U.S. dollar's exchange value going higher when, by all accounts, including those arguing for some Bretton Woods III arrangement, it should be sinking. It should be collapsing. So what we have dollar uniformly rising when it should be doing the opposite. Again, compelling argument, justification for Euro dollar number five.
0: Your article is at the Alhambra Investments website. It was posted on the 22nd of April, 2022, and the title is, I'm officially calling it Euro dollar number five. And there are charts here, Jeff. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight charts. Most of them currencies, the Australian New Zealand dollar, the Dixie, the Euro, the Indian rupee. And in case I had difficulty missing it, you know, there's a big red arrow on pretty much every one of these graphs. And there's a month. And it's... Poetic, isn't it, Jeff, that Eurodollar number five, the fifth month being May, you keep pointing to May on each of these charts, Jeff. Why?
1: Yeah, and it's weird because we've been pointing to May ever since last summer, really, because you could see it in economic data, you could see it in financial markets, and now you can see it in the U.S. dollars exchange value against a bunch of different currencies. Something changed around May where markets became more pessimistic or in pure uh, technical monetary sense, global dollars started to become much, much, much harder to source, much harder to roll over. Collateral became far more scarce for several reasons, risk aversion. So everything seems to be pointing back to last May. And given how everything has progressed since May, we can definitively say that it wasn't a flash in the pan. It wasn't a short run fluctuation. It seems to have escalated beyond all Our own thresholds, as well as any common sense thresholds. I mean, yield curves inverted, euro dollar futures inverted, any number of all these other things which say, yes, something happened in May and it's still going on to this point where it's gotten to be very serious. Therefore, euro dollar number five.
0: Was there any singular event that caught your attention? Because the dates here, depending on the currency or the yield curve, I've got May 28th, May 12th, May 11th, May 28th, May 20th, May 26th, May 25th. Any was there a singular event or no just a general inflection over the course of a couple of weeks? Yeah, and I think it's it's more more a
1: general inflection over a couple of months because we have to go back to the you know these things are always processes, the change the flip from inflation into this euro dollar cycle doesn't happen overnight it's not the flip of a switch and we could see it happening all the way back to February 24th and 25th of 2021 you had fedwire you had the bad US treasury auction and then you had some pessimism risk aversion you had that episode of reflation rising interest rates and the steepening yield curve in treasuries as well as other markets around the world those seemed to end not you know some of them ended in February some of them transitioned in March and then so you had this sort of you know, rolling transition, a rolling inflection, a rolling over of many financial indications as well as economic indications, right in that window where, by the as you pointed out, Emil, by you get by the time you get to May, you have more and more capitulations essentially. Whether it's you know it wasn't a single event, and whether uh, depending on the specific indication, by the end of May, especially into early June, what you saw was that was the, the really the start of the downward slope where it's become pretty much a a hard, durable trend and pattern.
0: Poetry is about patterns, about beautiful synchronicity, like with Eurodollar number five being the number five and May being the fifth month. Another example of that sort of beautiful synchronicity might be that we're discussing the NBER on the day that it was announced that the United States had a negative negative GDP uh, result. And uh, I'm thinking back to our David Parkins illustration, because the last time we talked about the NBER, we were discussing how they were announcing that the recession was over. And David illustrated how the NBER was jumping out of the frying pan of recession into the fire of depression. Jeff, the, the results that have come in, I know this is just on the fly, you haven't written anything, but... You know, we're talking about the NBER. They're the ones responsible for dating recessions. We've got a negative quarter here. According to this financial website, I'm told that it was caused by a record trade deficit, softer inventory growth, a drop in government spending, and that personal consumption and non-residential fixed investment remains strong. strong. So I can already <laughs> hear the... Did actually say strong? <laughs> yeah, I can already hear people saying... Look... As far as I'm, you know, ignore those things yeah. and focus on the good.
1: They're always going to downplay this. And look, this this doesn't necessarily mean the start of a new recession. And there's a discussion, the what discussion that we had last time. And one of the reasons why I had so much trouble dating Eurodollar number five was whether or not it was premature. In other words, was there ever a Reflation number four? As we talked about mm-hmm. many times. And one of the things you always point out, Emil, the uh, Reflationary period between the 2020 recession and in between to today, never really took off all that much. I know it did consumer prices. I know it did in certain uh, gross domestic product numbers and things like that. But in financial markets, there was never any sort of even modicum of of conviction that this was going to stick around, that it was anything other than a transitory period engineered by governments along with a supply shock. So there's always that trouble. Yeah, the NBER said the recession in 2020 was very short and that it ended and that any new recession or any recession from that point on would be a new one when we were saying, well, no, maybe it isn't. Maybe it's just uh, that we're we never left the last recession. So regardless of the NBER, regardless of our own dating committee, regardless of what anybody says about the negative GDP in the United States, what we're saying is that there's a euro dollar number five, which is contributing to Very serious economic weakness, whether that means we're actually in a recession or not. I don't think so just yet, but I think we're seeing the weaknesses that are consistent with the idea of your dollar number five. And from what I've seen of the GDP report this morning, the key number in all of it is actually real final sales, which takes out inventory, takes out the export-import component and says, what is it that U.S. buyers of all kinds, consumers and businesses, how much did they actually buy in real terms? And the answer is less than they did in the last quarter. And part of the reason for it was because we're all paying more because of the supply shock to get less. And that is the key takeaway from the GDP report as well as Eurodollar number five. And one, re- one respect, Eurodollar number five is the monetary answer to a supply shock itself. And so it's all consistent in this one package which the final real key nail in the coffin, uh, in my opinion, was the Chinese currency, Chinese yuan, which, as I think most people are aware of, even more than the Japanese yen, the Chinese yuan is suddenly crashing.
0: Jeff, do you want to talk about the Chinese currency some more? I think we can save that for another
1: episode where we can do it more justice. I just wanted to mention... Let's do it next. Yeah, just mention that the final nail in the coffin for me... Because one of the one of the indications that wasn't playing along with euro dollar number five was CNY. CNY, especially from it had that, that same sort of dent in the in the currency uh, chart going back to May. So there was that bump or blip in the road in May, but then for the rest of 2021 into 2022, it wasn't unusually strong, but it was rising. And I think that was more consistent or more a product of the merchandise trade surplus. But then you get to February 28th, that same day that it shows up.
0: Let's talk about it in the next show. Okay. Next show, Jeff, save it cliffhanger, cliffhanger. Otherwise, no one's going to come for the next show and we won't get paid. What? We're doing this for free.